What you're about to listen to was originally broadcast on 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia. For details, go to the website 98five.com. You're on at 98.5. This is Weekdays with Mike. It's good to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Now, after a, uh, as mentioned earlier, after a month-long trial, uh, Constable Zachary Rolfe was found not guilty last Friday of murdering 19-year-old Kuman J.I. Walker at a remote Indigenous community in the Northern Territory that happened in November 2019. Uh, Constable Rolf and his partner went to arrest Mr Walker following reports he had threatened police with an axe a few days earlier. And joining us on the line to have a chat about this particular case and try and unpack this and understand a little bit more is Simon Creek from HHG Legal Group. Good afternoon, Simon. Good afternoon, Mike. I'm sure a lot of people would have read a lot about this story that appeared, that sort of broke last Friday. Um, I guess keen to talk to you about this today, Simon, and get your thoughts on this particular case. Look, um, absolutely. And before I delve into it with you, I just want to point out that I think it's important all listeners, uh, certainly an attitude I've had to adopt, um, unless we were present through the entire court case and we heard all the evidence, um, it's hard to be definitive, in my opinion, as to whether justice was done or not here. Mm. So I think we should just keep yeah. that in mind as we do dive into this. Yeah. But look, also probably useful to just run through the very, very basic facts. So we have a junior police officer uh, in Alice Springs on a mission to arrest Mr Walker uh, for breach of a suspended sentence. And yes, as you pointed out in, in your intro, uh, this officer did know that the uh, 19-year-old had threatened two other police officers earlier with an axe in quite a terrifying confrontation. Mm. They arrive, uh, they encounter Mr Walker, and he falsely tells them uh, another name. And just as they direct him to put his hands behind his back, he lunges at Constable Rolf and stabs him in the shoulder with a pair of scissors. Mm -hmm. Moments later, there's a struggle. Constable Rolf uh, fires his Glock pistol. Uh, Mr Walker falls to the floor. And then 2.6 seconds later, there's a second shot. And then a third, literally, you know, a blink later, half a second. Mm -hmm. So a big question here is literally uh, was one shot necessary because that uh, has effectively or was effectively accepted by the prosecution. Mm. It's the second two shots mm. and all the, uh, all of the tragic uh, circumstances that followed. And I also want to say that because uh, Constable Rolf has been found not guilty, yet there is such enormous community uproar about the verdict, I'm going to do my best to be sensitive to both sides. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't agree with some of what I say, I apologise in advance. Mm -hmm. It's a sensitive topic, but it's an important one to discuss because it really does uh, touch on a number of important legal and societal issues in Australia right now. Mm -hmm. How much force should police be able to use and in what circumstances versus on the other side, the undeniable uh, problem that we do have with deaths in custody of Indigenous Australians. Simon, we'll take a break. I'm keen to, uh, I guess, kick off when we come back to ask you. Look, it does appear, appear again, as we weren't, we weren't there, so it does appear to be a case of self-defence. 
Simon, this appears, and as you said earlier, which thanks for explaining that, we weren't there, so we don't know, but this appears to be a case of self-defence and wondering how did the Constable Rolf end up being charged with murder, manslaughter, and a violent act causing death? I think everyone listening would assume that's a fairly straightforward question. Mm. Um, On one level, it's not, and there's a live issue still here, even though the trial is over, even though Constable Rolf has been found um, not guilty of any charges. And that live issue is whether or not there was some level of political or other interference in him being charged in the first place. And we might touch on that in more detail later. Mm. The quick answer to the question is that whenever the prosecution brings a charge of murder, they do look for backup charges that they can bring at the same time. And that's what's effectively happened here. Um, Constable Rolf was charged with murder, manslaughter, and a violent act causing death because it's common practice for the prosecution to have a backup plan, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Sure. If he were to be found not guilty of murder, then they would hope that he would be found guilty of the lesser charges. But in this case, uh, he was found not guilty on all charges. Mm. So the fact that three shots were fired, does that, does that come into, did this come into play, do you think? This was the, probably the big issue. The prosecution uh, did accept um, relatively early on that one shot was necessary, that there, was, that there were circumstances justifying that. Um, so much has been focused on the second two shots, and I think for good reason. It is one of those horrible situations that I would hate anybody to find themselves in where they uh, say that they are absolutely fearful for their life, that they're acting in self-defence, in good faith, and that their actions were necessary as a trained police officer, and that the training, and this is very interesting, I think, the training is, and that hasn't been disputed, that... Uh, you should fire as many shots needed uh, to take away the threat to life. Mm. That's what so much of the factual argument came down to. Was there a threat to life to either Constable Rolf or his partner once the first shot had been fired and Mr. Uh, Mr. Walker was on the ground? This is what the case turned on at the end of the day. Mm. So he's followed, so Constable Rolf has followed procedure as per the way they're trained. He's followed procedure, he's followed training, and the jury didn't accept uh, the prosecution's assertion that um, that he had acted unreasonably. They didn't accept that there was a finding of guilt here beyond reasonable doubt. Mm. Okay. Simon, well, I'll just put you back on hold. We'll come back and chat some more. Keen to talk to you and, and unpack uh, how the Walker family are feeling, I guess, and where they're, where, what they are thinking now and what's, what's their view. So we'll come back and chat about that in a sec. Now, Walker's family has uh, passionately declared that they, have, they haven't received justice. Are there cultural and racial issues at play here and not just legal? It's hard to... It's hard to argue that there aren't these issues at play. It's a difficult question to answer. On the one hand, you've got Constable Rolf maintaining throughout the entire trial and all of the the years um, before the trial that he would have acted exactly the same way if a non-Indigenous person was to attack him with a pair of medical scissors. 
But this event happened in the context of so many sad deaths of Indigenous people um, purportedly at the hands of justice. And the reason such a big fuss has been made around this is that uh, Mr Walker actually died back at the police station, so effectively in custody. Uh, they rushed him there and um, I'm assuming medical services all moved as fast as they could, but he was dead by the time they arrived. So I think the issue is more <laughs> to what extent was this case, I'm going out on a limb here, mm -hmm. um, and I apologise again mm -hmm. if it might offend some listeners, but to what extent was this case uh, seen by the Indigenous community as a test case, as a showcase of the the need for justice within the system overall, given the amount of very hard to accept and sad deaths that have occurred in police custody right around Australia for far too long. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a very big issue here. I think it would be naive and ignorant to argue that the Walker family are happy here. They're not at all. They do not accept the decision. And I can understand that. I respect their anger and their grief. I guess the hardest job of, well, the whole legal system, certainly as a lawyer, uh, defence or prosecution, is that you have to detach yourself from emotion. You have to detach yourself from politics. You have to detach yourself from community trends, no matter how tragic they might be. And this is one of those cases, in my humble opinion, in that it would never be fair to an individual Australian police officer or not, to effectively uh, twist the outcome of a case involving them, that individual, in order to serve what some are saying might be a higher good, as in bringing it into deaths in custody. So we do have um, a huge divide within the community here, mm -hmm. and I can see both sides. Uh, I hope I'm being sympathetic to both sides. At the end of the day, though, uh, it is a, it is an effective, look, let's put it this way. It is a number one rule of our legal system that uh, facing any criminal charges, particularly ones this serious, that you must be found guilty beyond reasonable doubt. And the only relevant facts are the facts pertaining to the individual case, not broader community issues. Mm -hmm. Simon, we'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, wrap things up. What should have happened and where do we go from here? Have we heard the finals? Is there any more to come from this, I guess? There's a lot more coming. I mean, for uh, Constable Rolf, he's literally three years later wondering what to do uh, with his career. Mm. The police have welcomed him back. He's been found not guilty of all charges. But uh, he is saying and the police union are saying that he was badly let down by being charged in the first place. Uh, and the reasons for that um, are leading to an inquest into this shooting death. And the union says that it's going to expose serious case management uh, issues by uh, the top brass of the Northern Territory Police themselves. The thinking behind that is that in this scenario, it would have been very easy. Uh, we're all human. Everybody's human. It would have been very easy to try and make this um, a case that did invite massive community input and make some progress 
against the massive problem we have with deaths in custody. Mm. Uh, there is the suggestion, and that's all it is, that's all I can call it, that he would not have been charged if uh, the, the deceased had been white. That's really it in a nutshell on that front. Mm. What should have happened? I don't think an inquest could have been held or would have normally been held before the trial. But the fact that there is going to be one now will will be, I think, interesting to say the least. Mm. An inquest, for those who don't know, is a broad, uh, and, and when I say broad, it doesn't just involve the legal issues, it's a broad investigation of everything from the first call to go and arrest Mr Walker right through to the conclusion of the trial and the verdict. So... Everybody who's been involved in any way will be looked at in that regard. The unions say that Constable Rolfe is going to come out of that uh, not just not guilty, but completely exonerated to the extent that he shouldn't have been charged. The Indigenous community, very understandably, are hoping for the complete opposite as a result and that the outcome here was, uh, in which is their view, was as a result of racism. I cannot really comment much further on that. Nobody can. But I, I will say this um, very quickly. There are two sides to every case. There are certainly two sides to a case as high profile and as tragic as this one. On the one hand, I absolutely, uh, I've got huge uh, compassion for police officers on the front line who have three seconds you know, to cut through red tape, remember all their training and, you know, take actions which may lead to the loss of life as it did here. On the other hand, uh, the Indigenous community, this is a problem for Australia that's not going away. We're not doing well enough. There are too many deaths in custodies and there are a raft of problem issues behind what happened here that haven't, I don't think, been given enough oxygen. This this 19-year-old was already a criminal. He already uh, found himself being arrested for breaching a suspended sentence. He had mental health issues. I think that's clearly on the record. And uh, given more chance, given more opportunity, would things have been completely different in the first case? So that's really how I hope to sum up here. There are no winners, yeah. uh, not at all. Constable Rolf's life has been changed forever mm -hmm. and the Walker family have lost a loved one. Simon, look, it's a, it was a difficult one to talk about today, but I uh, really appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us your thoughts on this case now that it's, um, I guess there's still a lot more to come and it could be interesting even just watching to see how this one unfolds over, over time and it may take some time. It may well. I'd mm. say we're looking at at least 12 months. Yeah, wow. Simon, yeah, not uh, yeah, a very sad case, but to really appreciate your time again today. My pleasure. For more details on this and other programs, contact 98.5 Sunshine FM, Perth, Western Australia, or visit the website 98five.com.